welcome to Not A Real Artist, a podcast by me, Iris Fritchie Cousins, and me, Tamara Sagadevan, discussing relatable creative topics with honesty and humor. Settle in for our first episode with the very original title of Not A Real Artist, in which we talk about what this means to us, how we deal with imposter syndrome, and which limiting beliefs trip us up. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the first episode of Not A Real Artist. Let's get straight into it. Tamara, you said yes to me asking you to do this podcast. We agreed on this title of Not A Real Artist. So can you tell me what that means to you? To me, Iris, (laughs) Not A Real Artist (laughs) is, is, I think, the definition of what I often feel, but what I mostly used to feel. And I think that it's one of the... I think the most um, persistent narratives I see in art groups and between artists and everybody talking, just people feel they're not real artists. They have all of these qualifiers um, and potentially you and I could shed some light on those qualifiers um, and talk a little bit more about it. So that's why I agreed to it. And that's why I want to do it. Yeah. And why it fit, right? Because I think also one of those things that happens is that when you are out there doing things like you're doing uh, teaching or like making videos on YouTube, things like that, you get, you kind of put yourself somewhere and you get seen as someone who can do these things and who kind of maybe even has it all figured out. Uh, That's maybe how you're perceived. And I feel like that not a real artist, I feel, would appeal to those people who have that feeling of like, oh gosh, well, I'm not a real artist, but also to shed light on the fact that even as doers or content creators or whatever, teachers, uh, we still feel like that too. Um, And, you know, that's been a big part of my narrative. uh, And uh, I just think that's really interesting to talk about uh, and not just make it about okay, some people feel this and they are the people who haven't really like done much yet. And then there's people who are like making art and stuff like that. And they don't feel that. I think like that's kind of a myth I wanted to bust. (laughs) I I hear you. And the the section where you say how you're perceived, um, I make some YouTube videos and I think some people think I'm an artist. (laughs) Um, But I don't perceive myself that way sometimes. Um, And I also struggle with it. So I'm echoing what you said, that yes, those that create also feel this way. Um, But I think it's quite interesting that you're talking about perception and that automatically um, kind of gets my my back up a little bit because it leads straight into this thing of imposter syndrome. You're Mm. saying how people perceive me and it's like, oh no, don't perceive me that way because... I'm a big fraud. Yeah. And it's like, it's so funny because it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you want people to take you seriously. But then on the other hand, when people do take you seriously, you kind of get this like, oh, well, 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 no, no, no. Let me, let me put in all the qualifiers here of why you can't think that of me because like, really, I'm not a real artist. So to you, like, talk a bit more about imposter syndrome and also like the qualified like what is a real artist to you are you a real artist to yourself like irrespective of like what you think I don't know if we can separate it from what other people think I don't know if that's possible but yeah are you a Um, real artist 
it i i think unfortunately it's not a it's not a stable or static answer i think it really depends on how i feel when i feel like if the world and i'm the best or whatever then i am a real artist i'm the best version of myself i don't need any qualifiers whatsoever and then the times when i'm not feeling when i don't have that mental energy to be so confident then um i'm definitely a big fraud and to me um imposter syndrome is i just always i feel like deficient and inadequate no matter my actions my success my processes and it's a like it's it's a two parter it's that first part and then the second part is when people do acknowledge my success in some way or form like oh great video then i feel like anxiety that i'm going to be found out um and shame that like once somebody finds out they're going to think i'm a liar or whatever and um fear of like being punished you know like humiliated uh, mm-hmm, shamed mm-hmm. or or ostracized and that's what it is to me um i don't know what does it feel like to you i find it really interesting what you said about how it changes depending on how you feel because i hadn't really clocked that like that's so true and yet i'd never really thought about it but that's true like sometimes when i'm really into it i'm like oh wow you know i'm on fire i'm like you know the, the question of am i a real artist doesn't even occur to me because i'm just being yeah. you know an artist and then at other times when maybe when you feel inadequate or when you feel like maybe you're comparing yourself to someone else and then i'm like oh my god who do i think i am or also when something i do and have put a lot of time and effort and heart into and if i if it then doesn't get the response that i Uh, would like and I'm talking about you know sometimes we're talking commercially but also you know if I've created this art and I'm like this painting is the best painting I've ever done like that I genuinely think that to myself and then I post it on social media and it's like crickets and that's not necessarily to do with the quality of the art it's it might also be to do with algorithms or whatever but like and then I feel like oh my god am I just like really up myself do I think I'm good when really in reality I'm just like shit um that can really knock your confidence so like like you say it's like being a real artist or feeling like a real artist isn't a static thing so Tamara I'm curious what happens when you meet a new person and you like you shake hands and they say uh hi I'm blah blah uh what do you do do you say like I'm an artist or first of all it's it's different yeah if the person is trying to assess me um well in the past my answer would be very different uh, versus if they were interested in me so when it was me not doing art full time and it was an assessment i would say i'm an analyst uh, which usually shuts people up pretty quickly mm. um and if it was interest i would say i'm an analyst and this very like tiny voice and an artist and that would open up the door and i would get slowly more comf- comfortable but i always i hid behind this thing that i'm an analyst So um even though I worked with people I'm um, say worked with people I learned from people who were very adamant that I was an artist um it was difficult to say I had that qualifier and then I started doing art full time and I used to tell people that I was unemployed I'm unemployed ha 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 clown 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 and uh people thought it was hilarious which is obviously I thrive of people laughing 
So that would be my thing. But it was every time I said it, I felt like such a like piece of crap uh, because I was really denying this piece of myself and I wasn't brave enough to do it. And mm, how it changed is my partner got me a gift, a star certificate, a star is named after me, just so you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that was cool. And But the, the part that like touched me and stirred me beyond reason is um, it said, love of my life, amazing artist, my best friend. Uh, like a like a feedback sandwich, you know, when you put mm-hmm. the, the crap in the middle. But this amazing artist thing, just like, it really hit me. And I spent so much of time thinking, like, he's not a liar. Yes, he's kind, but he's not a liar. And I'm like, why, why is it so easy for me to just say I'm unemployed and I'm not an artist? And I realized it was because I felt imposter syndrome and I don't, I don't think I'm answering your question now. Now I think I'm just going like in my whole backstory. No, but so so let's <laughs> let's talk then about because this really relates to um the follow-up question, the dreaded follow-up question. When somebody asks you what do you do and you say I'm an artist and then the dreaded follow-up question that comes almost always straight hmm. away afterwards is do you make money with it? Exactly. That was the the thing that was preventing me from saying I was an artist, honestly. Yes, it was the pain right? part. Because when you say you're something, it's an occupation, yeah? And right. that implies you're getting paid. Um, I don't know. When people ask you that question, how do you respond? <laughs> I say I say yes, because technically it is true. But I think then it comes it comes back to like what do other people think is an artist and what do you think is an artist? And do is there a certain payment threshold? Like as in if I went out and got a job as whatever like a you know like a an entry-level job that pays a salary do I need to be paid the same amount with my art in order to be allowed to call myself an artist do I need to be paid more than that do I need to be like you know supporting my whole family it's a really it's a really difficult question to answer and and I think that I think in our, like, uh, what do you call it? Like when, when we're talking from our higher selves, I mean, I hate that phrase, but like, I don't know how else to say it. If we're really talking from our higher selves, then I think we would all agree that you don't need to be paid in order to be able to call yourself an artist. Like if I'm being really yeah. kind to myself and really talking from what I think is just true, then I think that money has nothing to do with the validity of someone being an artist. However, just knowing that doesn't take away from this feeling of wishing for some kind of external um, form of being validated. And money in our society is the easiest and the most shortcutty way of determining someone's value, um, even if we don't agree that somebody should be that somebody's worth or value is determined by how how much they income how much income yeah. they are able to generate so it's really really difficult to separate those two for me it it was a double thing it was first of all like intellect intelligence and education like to me that was something that was always above money like in my culture and the way i grew up 
Um, and I got over that pretty quickly uh, when I started working because no offense to anybody that's gone to university or to yourself, but it's a piece of paper that just says, you know, stuff, right? It's got nothing to do with experience. So I got over that imposter thing when I was working, but the money thing, um, because as you say, it's a capitalist society and I'm not trying to go all um, South African here, but <laughs> I'm from South Africa, um, but it was just, how can I be putting um, how can I be putting this as my as my kind of title and my what is it my label when it is not valuable in terms of money? Mm-hmm. But when I realized that, I thought, my God, I am not spending all my time being unemployed. I'm spending my time working on my art, my life force, my energy. All of these things is going into my art, and that as because I'm older now, is infinitely more important to me than money. And it started making me think about how do I how do I label people? So when somebody says to me, oh, I'm an IT consultant. Okay, lacquer, um, oh, great. But wh- where does your life force go? And mm-hmm. I'm more interested in that. And that's kind of what changed it around for me. So now I can say, yeah, I'm an artist. And if somebody says to me, how much do you make? I say, I've made 75 US dollars and just like that with a smile and people don't know what to do. And I, I like oh, that's so throwing interesting. people off, but like, you're, it's just like, but I'm honest. Because you're basically, um, you're not being drawn into the conversation that would normally lead from that question. You're basically saying you're moving it onto a different track. And so from what you said, so one of the two of the things that I take away from it is like value does not equal money. So the value of what you do does not equal money. Um, And also um, where does your life force go? I love that. I love where does your life force go? Because it is so much more of an important question. It isn't how much money can I generate with my labor or my, the fruits of my labor. It's, where does my life force go? And isn't that such a great question? And like, I often like to, when I'm being hard on myself, I often like to do this thought experiment, which is basically, what would I expect of my kids? Like, Mm -hmm. my kids don't make money. Does that mean they have no value to me? Uh, No, obviously. (laughs) Like, that's such a, that's even a ridiculous question to to ask. Go to work, Iris kids. What's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. Get a job. Um, Totally. that always kind of stops me when I when I ask, you know, would it be fair to expect this of the people that I love most in the world? Would this be the thing that I would judge them for or think they're not doing well enough or are working hard enough or what 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 whatever that is? But so what you're saying, like, where does your life force go? That is that's amazing. That's that is such a good question to be grappling with rather than how much money did you make i i think it's a good question uh, in general when you meet people because somebody might be working a nine to five in it yeah but they spend the rest of their time i don't know creating uh these things used for fly fishing random example but that's where their their life force is going it's not going to sorting out sandra's computer for the 50th time yeah well okay maybe it is but (laughs) it's just a it's a really good question that that I like. And I want to say two things. And the first thing is when somebody asks me as a form of assessment, and I mean, it's been pandemic, so I haven't met so many people, but um, I really in social situations care that much what people think about me, especially if they're ticking me off. And if somebody asks me as an assessment, I say, 
I'm a freelance banana peeler or I'm a part-time geologist. Like I say like weird things and they get thrown off because they don't know me. And I just think you were trying to assess me and now you just know that I'm a clown. Like that's one thing that's true about me. So if anybody asks you that and you're uncomfortable about the money part, either just tell the truth, especially if it's a little money. I think that's awesome. Like when I made my first like um, Skillshare sale, whatever you call it. And somebody was like, oh, how many people in all? And I was like, one person. <laughs> That's great. So you're basically like, you're you're taking ownership. Yeah, rather than... and I am excited, yeah? I'm not just yeah. doing it to be facetious. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. So you're basically, you're, you're taking ownership and you're not playing by the rules. Because when somebody asks you something and like you're saying, like they're assessing you, then you have you have the option of playing their game and uh, basically just like being subjected to their worldview and that global worldview, or you can turn it on its head. And I, I really admire that you're able to do that because I would not be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to say I'm a banana peeler because uh, I, I just wouldn't be able to like... I wouldn't be able to, but maybe I should try. I should be a bit more Tamara, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Some people will think you're crazy, but that's okay. Uh, Another one I really like is uh, I model, I don't know how you pronounce it, but balaclavas, you know, this thing that covers your face. Yeah, 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 that covers your face with except for your eyes. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm a balaclava modeler. (laughs) That's excellent. I like it. Okay, so Um, I'm going to, that's the advice that you should take (laughs) away from this podcast. Um, So can we, I do want to, sorry, I do want to touch upon this part where you said like treat yourself like how you treat your your kids. And obviously I don't have kids, but I have someone you love. Yeah. Yeah, a brother that I love. And I really like this because. I it's sometimes I feel that I'm being too gentle on myself, but I also know that I'm not being too gentle on my brother. And that's kind of another thing that it's like, oh, I wouldn't say these things to him because it's not true. And I just think that's a really nice uh, solution uh, or action that you can perform. So someone feeling like an imposter. Yeah. So you need to find someone that you love, but also someone that you would be able to be honest with. Yeah. So that's kind of that. That's the kind of the sweet spot of that you're trying to find. I imagine that when I think about people who listen to this podcast, some people will be super comfortable uh, or at least moderately comfortable calling themselves an artist. But I'm specifically thinking about the people who don't feel comfortable calling themselves an artist. What, what would you say to someone who's listening who makes art, might not feel comfortable calling it art, but they are creative, they're doing things with art supplies and there is a specific like there's a process and there's a result um, and yet they don't necessarily feel like uh, they could call themselves an artist what would you say to that that person who's listening person what I want to say to you is this if you have the um, capacity to to analyze where it's coming from is it coming from some other external person because they said well, everybody can do art, but not everybody can do an, uh, be an artist. I heard that from some person's podcast and it just like ticked me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and examine where it's coming from. Is it coming from externally or is it coming from yourself? Because when it's from yourself, I think it's a little bit uh, easier. It's a fight that you have to fight with yourself and you have to kind of, if you're not aware where it's coming from, you can't make progress. That's basically what I'm trying to say. And once you become aware of it, you have to reduce it to its to its barest form. So with me, um, 
when I say that I was scared to, or I'm scared that people are going to find me out, right? That I'm a fraud or whatever. And then they're going to humiliate me and ostracize me. I'm scared of being shamed and losing connection. And when you examine that, and this is going to be very like shawal, but my suggestion to you is sit down and write <laughs> journal. I am uh, I am connected because, mm-hmm. um, or if it's just I'm I'm an artist. I am an artist because. Mm-hmm. So and you're defining once, it for yourself. Yeah, and not like you're not just writing. I'm an artist twenty times or thirty times or whatever like affirmations. It's like. Yeah. I am because, and then you find those reasons for yourself. And a really interesting um, exercise that I did last year from, um, oof, I don't know his name. His his name is, his artist name is Truthless. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a similar exercise to me, but he was doing it, I think, in a better way where he was writing, I'm a real artist because, or whatever he was saying, I'm a kind person because, and he left it. He just wrote it in the morning and he left it. And at the end of the day, he filled in why he was because it kind of prepared him for the day to act in the way that he said he was because he wrote because. Does that make sense? No, that's such a great, so you're saying like he left it as an unanswered question and then he allowed time to pass and he allowed himself to go through a process which in this case was a day Um, and then at the end of the day there were more concrete answers rather than trying to answer the question before you've really understood what the answer is if that makes sense yeah Um, and you'll act the way you're you're prepping yourself to to act and also it might because this has been going through my head as we're having this conversation and it's basically the question of is it even important to call ourselves an artist like I like I think that sometimes we're obsessed with defining things putting things in boxes and also sometimes I feel like we're obsessed with claiming things like as if we're like you know marching up somewhere and like putting a putting a flag in the ground or whatever which has all sorts of like terrible connotations anyway um (laughs) so like are are we too obsessed with um with fixedness or defining it and does that stop us maybe uh from just making the art i to me labels are important and i think that's Mm. because of my my history here and my voice has just gone very raspy (laughs) um it's because of my history and because where i come from like geopolitical all that that nonsense but i think labels are limiting in terms of i am an acrylic artist you know, mm-hmm. then, okay, so what happens to watercolor? You know, see you by. So I, I understand, like, in terms of that, how it could be limiting. Um, but the label I like is, uh, like, polymath or multi-potentialite. And the reason I like that label is because it opens up so many other things. But I think without a label, this is just my experience, it's very difficult for me to be something. I think society is changing, yeah? Like we see with gender labels, you know? Mm -hmm. These things are, it's not as important to certain people in our generation as it used to be to us or our parents or whatever. Maybe not you and me. I don't know. What are we, millennials? Uh, Yes, millennials. Okay. I don't don't actually know how old you are, but I'm a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Should I I say my age here? Mm. (laughs) I am. I was born in the 80s. 
Um, Millennial then, yes. So I think that these labels are becoming less important as people reach a higher state of consciousness. (laughs) Well, basically what you're saying is that labels are not important unless you need your label in order to set yourself apart from, I guess, the ruling class. Like, if you are the norm, then, and you feel comfortable in, in that, like, undefined group, because the norm is usually not defined, um, because that's, it's, it's invisible because of it, um, it, it's, it, labels become important when you need to claim um, something that isn't the norm and you need to claim it in order to kind of claim your rights of existence oh we're getting like so deep now but no, you know but what I mean that is, you've, you've said it more eloquently than I ever could when you and I are together I'm not going to tell you Iris I'm an artist because we're both artists you know but yeah. when I'm in um, with all my aunties who are like no baby yet, where's your college degree? Oh, you left your job. Then it's important for me to say I'm an artist. Right. Um, not that my aunties are doing that because I know they're going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah. But that's the that's I... start, isn't it? It's like when, when you do something creative uh, and you're trying to be an artist, um, it, it's about getting, it's about getting that first sale. It's about, showing it to your mum, your auntie, your brother, your kids, your husband, your spouse, whoever. It's about like sharing it in the first instance with those people. I think that's very valid. It's very necessary even. Yeah, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Please. My first backtrack is another reason why I really feel this label is important to me mm. is because I've now seen my little cousins and my nieces doing art because I share my art. And I'm like, you can do it, do this. Like they actually phone me for advice, which just thrills me beyond measure. That's amazing. And my cousins and my my nieces would not be considering this if I was not saying, hey, I'm an artist and clearly I'm not starving. So it's okay, you know, mm-hmm. like you want to do it, you can do it. And I think if I didn't use that label, it would have been just maybe another generation. I'm not saying I'm freeing the generation, but it would have been another generation of kids that just need to be uh, lawyers and doctors. And when they can't, then, geez, you know, okay, please yes. do something in the office. That, that's a, that, So you're basically saying how important it is to claim and own certain labels in order to uh, give an example that maybe you didn't have and like this is a complete segue but for me that's also really important about um talking about race and talking about um sexuality and um basically having visible role models who are you know loud and proud or maybe not loud but just proud anyway and um yeah, that's really important to me and that is that is definitely why there are certain things in my instagram profile for example you know it does say I am an artist it also says that I am Dutch it also says that I am queer you know these things are really important to me for other people to be able to see yes I I hear you and especially with the well maybe I'm also getting deep into the segue especially with I think my culture is a little bit I don't know about your culture but a little bit more closed than yours yeah Mm. um and the part about being queer and being an artist, um, I'm not queer, but 
I know that I've come from a culture that's been close to that. And by me wearing rainbow earrings, I know it's not, it's just earrings and it's not my label, but it just, hey, Tamara is cool. Tamara is intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) And Tamara is embracing it. So if Tam's doing it, maybe, you know, we can do it too. And I really have so much of faith and hope um, for this new generation Sounds like I'm really like like putting my family down, like they're a bunch of. <laughs> no, but you're talking about you're talking about kind of generational and cultural things that just are. Like yeah. you might have been lucky to not experience things on a on a personal level, but you know what things are like. You know, uh, like culturally, glo- culturally, globally, um, kind of generally, and that's kind of what you're saying that that it's important to. Um, yeah. But um, but can we get let's let's get, get back, back. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get back because the thing is this is really interesting but we're no longer talking about art so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so we can we talk a little bit about um limiting beliefs and the things that we tell ourselves and and yeah can we talk about okay. that yeah we can so uh, can I instead ask you a question because I feel yeah. like I'm I'm the one answering questions and I don't know let's 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 formulate the question first my question to you iris is um how would you go about tackling your limiting belief if you were a brand new artist and i guess it's very similar to the question you asked me but um i don't feel i just have my experience and i feel as a teacher you might have the experience of yourself and other students that Mm -hmm. were a new artist so yeah that's why i'm asking you this question i i find it really interesting that my limiting beliefs are still with me. I started doing art um, fairly seriously, probably in 2013 or something, 2014. I've been making art very regularly since then. I have been teaching regularly since then. And I still have all these very annoying limiting beliefs. And like, sometimes I feel like I'm getting more rather than less like it's like isn't it supposed to get easier um I don't know I think it's partly it's that I'm open to them I'm not trying to shut them down I'm not trying to mantra my way out of uh the things that I think and the difficulties that I have so and and I feel lucky that I can um it's kind of like the privilege of being able to feel like shit (laughs) in a way I don't know I think I'm gonna I'm gonna claim it as a superpower rather than um as as something to feel badly about like ask me tomorrow and I might feel bad about it but who knows but yeah so like my struggle really is the fact that I don't have a concrete tried and tested this works a miracle cure strategy for battling my limiting beliefs and it's almost it's like what you said before about like um whether you call yourself or think of yourself as a real artist changes from day to day depending on how you feel and that's the same thing with my limiting beliefs i feel like oh i'm not a real artist i'm not you know i'm not successful enough um my art isn't good enough i'm not making enough um as in producing enough art, all of these thoughts occur to me at one point or another, but they don't necessarily occur to me every single minute of every single day, all of them at the same time. It's just that sometimes one of them gets triggered more and other times, you know, all of these beliefs are, you know, blissfully quiet and I can just create. To me, limiting beliefs 
is not something at this point in time that I feel like I can get rid of. It's just something that I need to live with and I need to keep showing up and keep making art and keep teaching in spite of these beliefs rather mm. than, oh, I'm going to get rid of them first and then I'll be able to like make art the way I want to and be successful and be a teacher and like make YouTube videos or whatever. Um, it's, it's about living with it, which sucks. It sucks. <laughs> I wish it wasn't like that. <laughs> um, this if then um, kind of complex, like once I, once I do that, then I can do that. Like that never yeah. works. Just, you, I think, taught me that it doesn't, you will but it's never so be ready. It's so, so tempting, it. though. It's so tempting to believe that that is the key. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's such a it's such a complex subject, you know, because it's, it's you're trying to protect yourself, and also the world tells you you need to have this, this, and this done by then. Mm. But I, again, I really learned that from you. You're never going to be ready, um, and I also you're never going to be perfect. So why try to be a perfectionist? Yeah. I think. I'm lucky um, in my thinking. Um, as an example today, my partner's uh, writing a driver's test. I hope I'm not jinxing it now. And he's really stressed out. And I'm like, but why are you stressed out? Like, you're going to like die anyway. So <laughs> if you die now, whatever, it's still <laughs> the same thing. Like, that's my thinking a lot of the time. Uh, if I'm worried, well, whether I worry or not, it's not going to change it. So what's the point of worrying? And I do stop worrying. And there's, it's problematic, but it's also good. The problem is sometimes I don't allow myself to sit and feel things. And you know that quite well. And something I need to learn. But other times I need to move forward. And sometimes it is a little bit a part of me that's, I don't know, I don't want to say neurotic, but I think that's the wrong word. So when you say you can't get rid of your limiting beliefs, like I have a strong belief that I can get rid of my limiting beliefs and maybe I'm wrong, uh, but maybe it's actually just different for, for different people. Um, this part about education where I used to feel I needed to be educated in order to do anything, that really isn't a problem for me anymore. Um, and that's a limiting belief I had to work through and get rid of. So I mean, I don't know. It might come back next week. Who knows? Touch wood. The things that I struggle with, they change. But because there's always, you know, if you are a human and you're growing and you keep coming up against like your comfort zones, you are going to have struggles. Like it's yeah. only if you never change and never challenge yourself that you're not going to come up against anything challenging. So, you know, the fact that you have uh, challenges or struggles or limiting beliefs to, to grapple with um is good in a way and it means that you're growing as a person and then you know next year you might have like done and dusted that one thing that you used to really struggle with but there'll be something else because you're trying to keep bettering yourself and getting further along you know your 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 own journey of the things that you want to do and the things you want to achieve and 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 how you want to be yeah, hundred uh, percent. If you if you're growing, your your beliefs should change and grow with you. Yeah. Yeah. Mine used to be I'm not paid. Now it's um, everybody thinks I'm hilarious when I'm actually not. And these people are coming here for the clown, but they're actually going to see a sad clown. So that's changed with me. You know, I thought having uh, the success of having like done a formal lesson and all of these people enjoying it would have been enough for me. But with that success came something else. And that's growth because I would have not felt that if I didn't go through that other. Yeah. And also sometimes, 
don't we sometimes feel as if like there is a destination and the more I do things I realize there are no destinations you just like you know you get to somewhere that you want to go but then you know if that is the destination then you'd be dead so yeah as long as you are still alive there are more you know there is still more of a path to walk down and and more of a journey to have uh, you know whichever whatever you choose to do with it yeah i i do think it's it's satisfying though um to get to that destination but i think you always have to have the the next i'm using a mixed metaphor here but the next game um to play you know you you clock witcher yeah. and then the next game needs to be <laughs> yes so like, yes um exactly. that's kind of it is satisfying but yeah in this art thing i don't know if there is a destination because i really did think oh when i teach my first lesson like then i'm i'm gonna be yeah. okay and now I, I was editing a vlog yesterday which i'm not gonna post by the way long story but no please post it because i am like your number one fan and i need it <sighs> iris it is just like so much of whinging and moaning like <laughs> I, it's not that I don't want people, I just, it's like repetitive word vomit, you know, like, oh, I have creative block, I have creative block. It's just like, I want to go inside the screen and just shake myself. But have but you watched my vlogs? This is what my vlogs are. Yeah, but it's different when it's you because you're cool. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's, that's, that's a good point though, because it always feels different when it is yourself. It's like you, at least I have so much more capacity for other people to be the way they are and I don't have as much room for myself like so if I am whinging in my vlog I'm like oh my god I'm the worst I can't share this people are gonna think I'm terrible but if you have a vlog in which you're whinging I probably wouldn't even clock it as whinging at all I'd be like oh wow she's being so truthful and like she's really sharing how she feels and gosh and then she put a fart noise at the end and I like <laughs> I wish I could be more like that so, you know, different yardsticks for different people who are not me, <laughs> basically. Okay, Iris, I will edit it and I will put, put what a fart I am on the internet. Um, yeah, uh, but what I want to say is like when you complain, it kind of seems more legitimate because I feel that you have, um, besides a family, you have a career, you know, and you're dealing and talking to more people. And again, this is a level of imposter syndrome, yeah? It is, right? Um, because I think to myself, oh my God, like I'm I'm so not good enough and like not successful enough and all of that stuff. So, and then whilst I am thinking these thoughts, I also know that people would look at me and think, oh wow, gosh, she's quite successful. Like she's teaching on life books. She's doing this and that, um, you know, and and it's just so it's so interesting that how people perceive us is not necessarily how we feel. Yeah. Um, you know, what's this this corny saying, man? I, I wish I could see yourself, see you through my eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the one you mean. Like English. it sounds really it sounds really romantic. It's like one of those romantic movie things. Yeah. Um, if you could see yourself through my eyes or something like yeah. that. And I'm just like, no, but you have bad eyesight. So. <laughs> I kind of feel like we've um oh no okay so that was uh, that was your dog saying it con this concludes this topic uh, that was like the uh, full stop at the end of it so the cue the musical interlude so we're coming up to the end of this podcast and 
before we do our little summing up and telling you all the salient points of this podcast, um, I wanted to just have a little bit of a, like, let's have a one minute of lighthearted fun instead of talking about, like, heavy shit. And um, <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, Tamara, what are you looking forward to? Ooh. Coincidence? I think not. I am looking forward to digging into this book because I stopped myself because I knew that we were having this podcast thing today and I felt like I needed to be more articulate and eloquent and stress. But okay, and tell us what this book is because this, people can't see what, what... Oh, I'm... They're listening with their ears. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot. It's called What It Is and it's by Linda Barry and um, Michelle Johnson. I don't know. I shouldn't say people's names probably, but she's one of your um, patrons, I think. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Uh, yeah. Nutty Scrapper. And I follow her on mm -hmm. Instagram. She's like so cool. And she yeah. suggested this book or she just she posted it on and it's like written in a comic style and everything is like collage. And it's just I don't know what it is yet, but I'm so excited about it. Um, so yeah, maybe the next time we speak, I will tell you one good thing about this book. Or two. Okay, cool. And yourself, Iris, what's really getting you stoked? I am super stoked. That's not a word I use about my birthday. It's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> so I am very, very excited. My birthday is a prime number 37, which is another cause for excitement. The next prime number birthday that I will have, I think is 41. So, you know, still got a few you know, I yeah, I'm just a geek and stuff like that amuses You're me. Iris in her prime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in my <laughs> prime. Well, so that's what I'm excited about. Can I say happy birthday, all the best. I wish you as many more years as you want on this earth. And <laughs> uh, what? I, I wish that you eventually become a real artist. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the same for you and I wish the same for everybody who is listening uh, yeah may we all become real artists and, and not uh, due to what other people think but due to what we ourselves think about ourselves um, so yes um, thank you very much for listening to Not A Real Artist a podcast by Iris Fritchie Cousins and Tamara Sagadevan I'm going to also learn to say your last name. Before we get into the key takeaways, can I just say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please could you do all the things that people ask you to do when you listen to their podcasts, like, you know, subscribe to them, write a review, share them with your friends and your auntie and your grandmother. And um, we would really be very grateful. And now let me sum up the key takeaways takeaway number one feeling like an artist isn't necessarily a static thing allow for fluidity change and growth number two the value of what you do is separate from the money you generate with it number three instead of asking or answering the question what do you do ask where does your life force go Number four, labels become important when you need to claim something that is outside the norm and when you want to be a role model for others. Number five, keep showing up and making art in spite of your limiting beliefs. Number six, if you're growing, your beliefs should grow and change with you. Number seven, how people perceive us isn't necessarily how we feel inside. 
and if you're looking for a practical assignment, start with the phrase, I am an artist because. Write this down several times and fill in your own because. To take it to the next level, write it down in the morning, spend your day with the question and then write down the answers at the end of the day. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. We hope you will join us again for the next episode of Not A Real Artist titled Is Inspiration A Myth? in which Tamara and I will talk all about inspiration, slumps, idea paralysis and other relatable topics.